Okay, welcome to another episode of the Make It Count podcast. Last week we looked at my, David, my top five episodes that we've done so far. Yep. And this week we're looking at Matt's bottom five. No, top five. My top five. (laughs) Woo! Not ranked in any order except I decided there was going to be an order just to help it in the order they came out. Okay, so earliest. Earliest to newest. Or latest. Yes. So really, we're picking our top 10%, right? We've done about 50 episodes, we're choosing five. Yes. That is 10%, right? Yeah. Yeah. I thought you mean as a combined, because I also decided that on the back of your one, to say duplicating, I wouldn't choose any of the same ones. Okay. Well, you might have drawn out different things, because you've done a little bit more prep than we did for my episode. Well, I've learned learned from last week. Yeah. (laughs) So you, you've gone and listened back to all of them, didn't you? Not every single episode. I listened back to... I chose the ones that I was like, I think they're my top five. And then I listened back to those ones. Okay. Yeah. So you're prepared? Very prepared. Let's get going. I'm as prepared as I've ever been for a podcast, David. Oh, oh well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Matt just reading a page of notes now, or are you going to get a bit more of a free <clears throat> rustling of papers? <laughs> Note cards and everything. He's actually got a whiteboard prepared. Yeah, no, at minute two and 34 seconds of this episode. No. Okay, we've been talking. Get going. <clears throat> Let's Number get going. One, Enough your first one. chit-chat. My, my first of the top five is episode number six. Okay. A, quite an old one, actually. Yeah. Um, called Chasing the Day. Hmm. Do you remember that one? I remember someone got in touch with us and said that one was one that really stood out to them. Huh. It was something that really resonated with them. Very interesting. That's news to me. I don't remember hearing oh. about that. I must have got in touch with you about it. Yeah, it was, a, yeah, it was <laughs> not via the email account. It was just a WhatsApp. We'll put the email in the show notes, people. It's always, it's always the, <laughs> the official medium. <laughs> what I really appreciated about that is, well, I'll tell you just before we dive into the details. My general modus operandi for choosing these episodes were ones that really stood out to me. So basically, I've chosen ones that are issues that ail me constantly. Uh, okay, right. <laughs> ones that you, yeah, 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 it makes sense. And as we go, you'll see. You'll see <laughs> what we're talking about. Um, so you're saying you resonate with Chasing the Day. I totally resonate with Chasing the Day. There was another one that I was really close to choosing, which was, you know, how do you make it count when you're tired? Um, uh, but I decided not to choose that one. It's okay. a bit too close to the bone. But I really appreciated this one. And I was listening back and it was really interesting um, because what we ended up narrowing down on was it's the reason that we end up getting behind is basically because we start and we haven't had any build-up into the day mm. and so you basically the, the way you phrased it was we just you, if you're straight into the day you feel like you're chasing the day mm. um, and so we obviously said well we do a morning routine and when does the morning routine start actually it starts the night before um, and we overload a few of the things that we put into our morning routine can you remember the three main aspects that you put into a morning routine? It's probably a physical, a spiritual, and a, a mental, maybe? Absolutely. Nailed it. Oh, Nailed it. Yes. It just goes to show, he doesn't have to have listened to it, people. He lives it. It's in him. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking I might add something to that now. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I don't know if I should. Do. Feel free. I think one of the things that I've recently added a little bit into my morning is space. Ah. It seems really obvious. 
and it's not like a meditative space even so much as just space to be a bit little a bit stiller a bit just ease your way into it well that's really interesting to say that because we did actually talk about that in the episode and we talked about this stillness yeah and it didn't necessarily have to be a specific meditation practice or prayer practice although we we do often include that but having that space of stillness is really important and we said it's for both of us it was the most challenging aspect of it Mm -hmm. because if you put it too early after you've just woken up what's more likely to happen more likely to just go straight back to sleep if you put it too late in that morning wind up you're already geared up for the day Mm. and so that was the thing that we found most struggling then has it changed or is it it still the same challenge for you now well now i'm i'm married Oh. So my wife is a teacher. Congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. You knew this. You were a brilliant This might man. be the first official mentioning on the podcast of you being married, though. Yes, that's true. Woo! Yeah, it was a great day. Um, we all loved it. But maybe we'll, we'll talk about... I, maybe we could do another full episode on that or a celebration. I think we should. Yeah, next month. Let's do it. But anyway, so as I was saying, she's a teacher. So we both get up at six o'clock in the morning and um, get ready for the day we have breakfast together we read a bit of the bible together and then she's out by a quarter to seven wow. i don't have to be anywhere till half eight so i have this big open space and it's actually just leaning into that of just like not rushing just having a bit of extra space but i haven't got like a formal sit down in a chair for five or ten minutes yet with that sure maybe i won't i'm not even sure that's an aspirational thing at the moment great anyway sorry this is your top five no, I really enjoyed that. And I think it's interesting that you said you would now add that space or stillness aspect and more. I think potentially it's just a drawing out of from those core three yeah. sort of physical, mental, spiritual. And maybe it's a, a pushback as well, because I think, like you said, we chase a day when we feel like we're straight into the day. Mm. But actually, if we can set some foundations for the day, that can be really valuable. But if those foundations are so tightly packed and so rigid yep. that actually that becomes the point at which you're chasing the day you yeah. just you started chasing it from the moment you've woken up because now you have to do this and this and this and this as well and actually just it's more like you're going through the gears ease yourself into it mm. start into gear one then you work your way up into the second gear and the third gear and now you're starting to come away by the time you get to work you hopefully you're in fourth or fifth gear for those of you who drive automatic cars Go figure out how to drive a manual. I suppose, yeah, it's that <laughs> idea of just steadily pressing on the accelerator. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't start at 100 miles an hour. That's not the best way to start a car. It's about smoothly mm. getting into the day. For sure. All right, next episode. Next episode. Episode number 14, What is Success? This Ooh. is where we reviewed Rob Parsons' book, The Heart of Success. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, because I read that one. Yes, you did. Yeah. And we reviewed three laws in specific. Um, uh, now I can't remember the, the numbers. It was like law number one, law number two, and law number seven. Yeah. Like that. Just going to quickly read them because I thought they were brilliant and then ask your thoughts. Don't settle for being money rich and time poor. That mm-hmm. was law number one. That was really good. And how effectively people that work in the corporate job get loads of money but don't have much time he called them the new poor that's really interesting and then do a job you believe in and we spoke a little bit about finding your greater why what is your the purpose behind what you're doing can you believe in what you're doing and then law seven was don't strive for success strive for significance Mm. 
um, and you told a impactful story about Alfred Nobel mm. um, highlighting that yeah oh they're really good laws I should reread that book probably it's yeah. currently on my shelf of to read relating to sort of career and, and, and growth and it's so easy actually to be not <laughs> the new, like you said don't be money rich and time poor but there are lots of people that are just time poor they're not even necessarily money rich <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like there's an element of it being a choice and um and, and what we we don't put in our lives as much as what we do mm. so I, I think that's a really powerful thing they're totally related the first episode you talked about chasing the day and being time poor i think that's huge that's very related um see but that's pulling out themes already the second He's a coach the second one <laughs> I, I i was interesting because i thought there's a there's a fairly recent trend that people started talking about this idea of quiet quitting oh yes i heard about that. people are are told that they're quite quitting because they're doing the hours that they're paid to do and they're not doing more than that. And people are going, well, they're basically quitting. They don't believe in it enough. And so I suppose, you know, what maybe a, a different question to ask then is what would you be willing to go above and beyond for? That's sure. something to do with what you believe in. Um, and not to always, maybe Peter Scazzaro would say, yeah, there are times when you have to sprint, you have to do more. But that can easily become your modus operandi. Yeah. And that's not the goal. But yeah, it's just believing in what you do is really important as well. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And it links quite a lot to, I suppose, that, that final law is, you know, don't strive for success, strive for significance. What is it that you're building ultimately? Mm. You know, are you building just a an achievement of I did a great career or are you striving for actual deeper impact in people's lives or the community or a cause? Yes. So that's good. What is success? Question everyone should ask. Next episode. Mm. Episode number 23. Course correcting, Matt. Woo! I really enjoyed that one. I, I, as soon as I we were doing a top five, I knew that was going to be in there. <laughs> um, because it was impactful for me. What I didn't realise is, so with your top five, you kind of cheated because you chose the Kofi series. Oh yeah, which so far is five episodes. It will be seven. I accidentally cheated by choosing this one because what I didn't realise is this was actually a bit of a review, or as you said in the episode, harken back <laughs> to episode eight. Um, well, the Middle Ages of my <laughs> language <laughs> is good. The enemy. Um, and that was where we talked about Warren Buffett had this practice or this idea of going, okay, write down the 25 things that you want to do in your life that you want to most want to do in your entire life. Um, and then divide that list into two smaller lists. A, which is the first five, and B, which is six down to 25 after having correctly ranked them. And name A, things I want to do, and B, things to avoid at all costs right um, and neither of us actually did that but what we did do is we chose to do a smaller term thing rather than going these are the top 25 things I want to do in my life you had been engaged in and you've continued a quarterly process mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. setting some goals doing a life review um, setting three goals and then in a, aiming for that for three months and then reviewing that and then restarting and and choosing some more goals or advancing those goals and this was where 
we were reviewing <laughs> my commitment to start that process uh, and it was really fun to listen back to because basically I had started it, I'd done the process and then by the time the episode came around basically I had to hold my hands up and go, yep, I can't remember what I chose. <laughs> I can't remember what I chose to do. Uh, but I said, I'm sure that when I do find this list, I, I will have worked forwards on it. And I did. Um, and I had made some progress on them because I'd, I'd started at the beginning. But for me, off the back of that episode, it then re- it rejigged and it kick-started my... I'm basically... I copied your process of doing a three-month quarterly review, set some set a guideline, set a compass for that three months in three distinct areas and that can give a bit of a focus of uh, my personal curriculum or my personal development and I've now, I'm now on the third cycle of that mm. so I'm into my third one and I'm really enjoying oh, it. a new update. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, edition. Oh, that's what I, was, I, I, what I should have done is I should have brought the three and then I could have like, waved them at your face. We don't have a camera so it actually wouldn't have made a difference. Anyway. Um, so it's going so well so far. I'm really enjoying it. So I'm about halfway through my third sort of three three month cycle. Um, so maybe come sort of January February time, a year after releasing the this course correcting mat one, I'll have four out, and then we can do a proper review and be like, so a year into the practice, what have I learned? Yeah. And, and how much have I actually grown as a person? <laughs> so what was your favourite part of that episode as opposed to the process? Yeah, for sure. What I enjoyed about it was that it was a realisation after having gone through the initial one of, oh yeah, it wasn't actually that hard. Uh, it didn't have to take ages and ages. In the end, the actual sort of doing the life review and doing the, um, the setting of the goals probably only took 15 to 20 minutes. And... I have a tendency in my head to kind of build these things up or it's probably going to take ages and a lot of effort and a lot of energy. I'll just put it off. Um, so it was one of those, one in a many, a long line of little steps of realising doing these things, these reviewing and setting goals and just generally trying to strive to achieve a new thing. It doesn't have to be this great massive thing. It can just be a, well, I gave it a shot. I started and the next time it will be better. Mm. So yeah, basically, keep it simple, keep it short, and don't overcomplicate it. Nice. Those are rules to live by. Mm. Keep it simple, stupid. <coughs> Isn't that it? Kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it simple, stupid. Should we move on to yes, number yeah, four? Let's, let's move on to number Numero four. Numero four, or well, actually, yeah, depending on how you've been counting, you know. But uh, episode twenty-five. Okay. Wow. The Freedom Writers made it count. Oh yeah. This is our review of the Freedom Writers film, which came out in two thousand seven, and was about the nineteen ninety four Southern California reintegration program. We got an email about this one. As we well, did. We it? got a great email, a really good email, and um, from a friend also called Matthew, and he was saying actually he uh, <laughs> he he said our our podcast had a an interesting, a unique charm where we turned up a little bit under, underprepared and he said it was mildly more charming than annoying at that point. So hopefully we've, we've improved and we are a bit more prepared. <laughs> but he said we, we actually underestimated the impact of certain key um, flashpoints at that time, specifically the Rodney King beating and mm. all of these things. And my defence was, 
I wasn't alive and neither was David, so we're, basically we're just going by the film and that was our history book on this. Yeah. Um, but the thing that he said that was so impressive was that Erin Grun- Grunwell, who's the teacher in the film uh, from being a human rights lawyer, she actually changed something in her life in response to all of the uproar, in response to all of the um, the outcry. She changed something, whereas it's so easy, especially in our day and age, where there's also lots of tensions around race and other um, other issues. So easy to just shout your message, get angry, rage, and actually not change anything or not yeah. do anything self-sacrificial ourselves. Yeah. Um, so he said that was really impressive and, and in, inspiring and challenging again. Well, and that's, like, as you said, she gave up this opportunity uh, being quite, probably what would be quite a well-paid lawyer to go work in... Not only well-paid, but also high reputation generally high reputation. in our society. Yeah, to go work in a, a challenging school. Low status, low pay. And yet she chose what was significant. Yeah. Didn't she? Because actually through through the end of the film you see she's impacted all of these like young children or teenagers who then go and do incredible things and go and influence other people. So yeah. that whole organization was spawned out of that. Yeah. So Absolutely. Uh, and it highlights so many things. Some of the key things was, you know, her stubbornness and perseverance. She stuck it out in the face of adversity from everyone. Her family, the school system and administrators, the kids that she was trying to teach. There was literally just one person's belief trying to take all of these people on the same journey. Mm. And then what we reiterated or what you uh, reiterated later on in the episode was actually further on into the film depicts moments where she wanted to give up. But at that point, the the kids, the teenagers had picked up almost the baton and said, no, we're going to do this mm-hmm. and re, uh, re-energised her. And so it, you know, so it's like... Paid back in a way. Absolutely. You know, it, she reaped what she sowed. So that was really, really powerful. Still recommend watching the film if you've never seen it. Although we did get some feedback from some of our friends in the States who said they don't like it because they were forced to watch it at school. And, um, you know, s- sorry about that. It turns out that school is a great way of wrecking great, you know, works of art, whether it's books or poems or films. Yeah, the irony of uh, it being based in a school of impressive teaching. And yeah, yeah. Other teachers just watch the film and be inspired. Yeah, exactly. So sorry about that, guys. We didn't have to have that force on us. We just watched it elsewhere. So that's why it's powerful for us. <laughs> Next. Next. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. We've got no time for short... Short talk? Jibber jabber. Jibber jabber. Cut your I don't know where that comes from. Episode number 46, moving, jumping almost 20 episodes ahead in the list. Think long term, act short term. Mm. That was a James Clear thing, was it? Yeah, that came from uh, one of his newsletters that he puts out each week. And that was just almost a quote. Just think short, think long term, act short term. And that is something that he fleshed out a lot in his book. Um, and we spoke about that. What did you like about that episode? I really enjoyed your story of new deckies not being able to steer in a straight line. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we did two years on board Logos Hope, which is a ship going around the world. And one of your duties as part of a year to 16 months in the deck department was navigating, literally steering the ship, being the helmsman. And when new recruits came, you would then look back on the, the journey that they'd gone. If you zoomed in, you could see they were zigzagging because they're overcorrecting a lot. 
and their their eye is not really far away on the the, the horizon. It's quite a lot closer. Um, and we talked about how that's actually quite similar to a lot of people's lives. We haven't got that north star, as it were, that compass point and just these fine, tiny little adjustments. Mm. We're jumping from one thing to the next thing to the next thing and it all looks a bit chaotic and it looks a bit zigzagged. Mm. Um, I enjoyed that. Yeah, you get lost if you're looking at your feet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you spoke of, of course, as you did in that episode, as with quite a few others of one thing that has been helpful north staff you or guiding thing is you've written down your obituary mm. um, and that ties back into um you know rob parsons one strive for significance talking about alfred nobel he read he literally read his own obituary because they thought his he died where it's actually his brother and that was like oh that's not a good read i need to do something to change my legacy yeah um and so you've done that and i keep meaning to do that and i think Sometime in the next year, that's going to happen. Um, and and that's been helpful for you. And that enables you to go, okay, if that's where I want to end up and the sort of things I want people to to be saying about me this, because of the impact and the life I've lived, what does that mean for now? And you spoke about how a 10-year horizon probably for most of us is a fairly helpful. It's not too far in the future. It's not too soon. So there's a slight update to that now because mm. obviously I'm not a... I am a we now. I'm mm. married to to my wife Charlotte, and one of the things a present we got was called the marriage journal. And the idea is every week you sit down together, you look at the week ahead, what's going to come up, and then you answer a few questions. But before all of that, right at the very beginning, there's some few much bigger questions. What are the values and principles? four or five values and principles that you want to be in your relationship wow which is really big and then it's like what are some practices that you are going to live by four or five and then it's what are your one-year goals for your relationship and what are your five-year goals for your relationship and so suddenly you know i've done these things in the in the past my obituary the things i'm aiming for and and directing and they're they're going to not change necessarily because Charlotte married me knowing these things about me and, and vice versa. But mm. actually they will merge and, and my life will take on a different direction. That's It's almost like maybe I need to go redo some of these things. Yeah, for sure. And that's the, the wonderful thing about doing these activities now and not waiting until you're dead is you actually can change these obituaries <laughs> and these things. Whereas once you've done it, that's it. They're written and they're, they're done. Yeah. When I actually died, people are just going to read out the 17 obituaries I've written through my <laughs> life. One of them might be right. <laughs> Starred. Read this one. I like this one the best. <laughs> not true at all anymore. But anyway, yes. But yeah, obviously, episode 46 was not that long ago. I think that only came out in June. Mm. Um, so you were well on the way, prepared, preparing for getting married at that point. Um, do you remember what you said as in response to my question to you of, you know, what is maybe your 10-year vision of what would you like to be in 10 years' time? I have no recollection of this. Yeah, it was way better than my answer. You asked me and I was totally unprepared. And so I just was like, oh, doing a better podcast. It was terrible. Um, <laughs> but you were like, oh, well, maybe a couple of kids and, yeah. you know, still doing coaching of some sort, still helping people, serving people and not being too busy. I said that's a much better vision than what I said. <laughs> yeah, and if you are interested in coaching to move from a place of uncertainty to much more confidence and clarity, get in touch. 
Um, I've got some spaces. I'm restarting it up again now after a summer of getting married and honeymooning and Trying changing my life direction. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my top five. I really enjoyed those and it was super fun to go back and listen to them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Next next week's going to be our one year anniversary mm-hmm. as a podcast. Uh, yep. And looking forward to that. And then onwards and, and upwards, really. Yeah. I've, even as we've been talking I've been having ideas so once we stop recording I'm going to go Matt write these things down great um, I'm ready I've got my thanks, pen ready thank you everyone for joining us this week on the Make It Come podcast we love to hear from you so let us know what your favourite episodes were absolutely absolutely